Well, it's important to, uh, to first get right what epiphany means, right? Now, um, sort of in our common parlance, I had an epiphany, right? We get that. So we, I had this light bulb moment. I've come to be aware of something that I wasn't aware of before. So on the first level, we can say epiphany is about this um, coming into awareness. So let's, let's, let's have that, awareness. But there's also a, a deeper level, um, and I'll relate this to, um, as I am want to do, um, a story of when I was living in Rome. And, you know, there'd be days I'd be walking to school, and uh, there'd be this big parade and bullhorns and drums and just this big racket going on. And um, this is the first time I lived in a capital city. And so I'd ask the guys, I'm like, what the heck's going on? And they're like, oh, that's a manifestatio, manifestazione, manifestazione. I'm like, what's a manifestazione? It's, you know, a demonstration to make manifest, right, something. We are here. We want to be heard. We are announcing who we are, whatever you know, the, the demonstration was. So epiphania, the word, coming from the Greek, is very closely connected to the Latin manif- manif- manifestatio, to make manifest. So two levels, to become aware and then to make manifest, epiphany, okay? Those two levels. So when we look at the events of, of the gospel today, the three magi, the three wise men who come from the East to do the Lord homage, What's being revealed to us is who Jesus is, and he's making himself manifest as the savior of the world, okay? So the the Magi come, and the gifts, of course, are um, representative of who Jesus is. We'll, We'll just go through them again, right? Gold you give to a king. That's tribute you would give to a king. Incense is used for prayers, to God, because incense goes up. I mean, God isn't up, but right. The, the idea there symbolically is our prayers rise to, to heaven. So incense, representative of Christ's divinity. And then myrrh, which is a, a burial spice or, or, or perfume that was used after somebody had died. So that's representative of his humanity. So Jesus is revealed as king who is God and man. Right? That's, that's the whole idea. And as a light to the nations. So let's, let's go on that theme of the twofold uh, sense definition of epiphany. Right? Awareness and manifestation to make something manifest or present. And let's look at that on two different levels. Um, our human level, if you will, and our spiritual level. Or we might say the two halves of the self, our spiritual self and our human self. Let's start with the human. It's been said, of course, for centuries that the unexamined life is not worth living. And there's a distinct difference between somebody who is just sort of reacting in life. And there's times that we've done, I think all of us have been there. There's a difference between reacting to things and truly becoming aware of ourselves as we engage life, right? And I I think certainly those of us who have really worked on becoming aware 
um, can look back at those times when we were more reactive and we weren't really aware of what was going on. Now, this sort of concept's been around for centuries and centuries. We go back to Plato. You remember your Plato? I'll remind you. Um, so, you know, that whole idea of like coming out of the cave and into the light, you've probably heard that said like all kinds of, in all kinds of different ways in, in the world. Like, you know, I'm now into the light and I'm out of the cave, I'm out of the darkness. It comes from Plato, Plato's Republic, when he was talking about this, this notion of coming into awareness that, that a person who lived, and I'll, I won't go into detail, but a person who lived in darkness, essentially, or a lack of awareness, when they become aware, they can't go back to the darkness or the unawareness. I don't mean darkness as evil. I just mean it as unaware or sort of just living life but, but not really examining life. Um, and so for Plato, the, the parable that he uses in, in the Republic, which, by the way, should be on your reading list. But anyway, that's an aside. But um, that, that whole concept relative to philosophy, life, et cetera, is something that that idea has permeated our culture, right? So anytime you hear that, that concept of coming out of the cave and into the light, it goes back to Plato. Um, and I think that this is true, right? I mean... The, the more that we engage life, the more that we realize that the healthier space is to truly become aware of ourselves. You know, why, why do I react the way I do in, uh, with my family or with my relationships or with God or with, you know, particularly relationships? How do I engage the world? Why do I engage it that way? I mean, have you, have you ever considered that? Why do I react the way I react? So the examined life is getting to the bottom of that, becoming aware of ourselves. Why am I the way I am? And, you know, this is a question we will generally start to ask kind of in adolescence, you know, and, and they're important, important questions. It's a, you know, if you're a teenager, you're, you're particularly starting to engage a lot of these questions, and it's a really important time in your life. It's also one of the most difficult times in, in a person's life. It's a really difficult time. And, and so it's important for all of us to be, to be really sensitive and helpful for, for all of you who are going through that. But it doesn't stop. Ideally, what happens is we get on this path of really examining the self and becoming aware of what's going on inside of me. Um, because this is going to help us, of course, not just the illumination is a good in itself, but it also um, assists in sort of self-mastery. Like we've all had the experience in life of uh, sort of reacting or behaving in certain ways and we don't know why we, why did I do that? Why am I that way? Why do I, uh, you know, I don't know, just an example, not thinking of anybody in particular, but you know, why do I ruin every relationship I get into? Why does every relationship not really work out? Why do people treat me the way they treat me? It, it obviously has something to do with them. No, probably has more to do with you. But th this is the point, is that we are our own, pr our biggest problem in life. <laughs> you know, and a lot of times we look at other people as the problem, but the reality is we can't do anything about them anyway. But we can do something about ourselves. We can't, and the more we focus on the self and the betterment of the self, you know, so anyway, uh, to, to make it practical, you know, if you're a teenager, if you're, uh, in, a, in a relationship, if you're married, if you're, it doesn't, if you're a priest, doesn't matter. 
When you start to examine your life and work on yourself, everything improves. Just everything gets better because you can, you can bring about, aided by other people and God's grace, you can bring out um, a healthier approach to life through this process of becoming aware. And there's all kinds of mechanisms by which to do that. Now, so that's the first level, becoming aware. Okay, what's going on within me? And then manifestatione. You have to make manifest the changes, right? So it's, it's one thing to recognize maybe what some of our personal obstacles are in life, what our difficulties are. And, you know, the, it, it actually, if we become really curious about that, becomes really fascinating. You know, why am I that way? You know, uh, with a couple of my friends, we, we do this, we psychoanalyze our, each other all the time. You know, why am I that way? Why do I do that? And what's amazing is when you build those relationships with close friends, you're actually able to really help each other figure stuff out. It's, it's amazing. It's really kind of neat. It's changed my life for the better. But then, you know, after you become aware, you really have to work on making the improvements, making the changes. So it's one thing to understand. It's another thing to do, right? It's, it's one thing to say, I know I'm that way. That's just how I am. Okay, but that's not good enough. I mean, if we're talking about a lack of virtue anyway, that's just how I am. That's, that's how I've always been. Okay, but is it good? Well, no, it's not really good. Okay, well, then we need to fix it. Right? That's the goal, is we just want to get better. And we don't have to be perfect. And there's no judgment about that, you know, in general, about whatever it is. Everybody's got something. You know, if you're a teenager, you think it's just you, you know, because that's just kind of the world you live in, right? It's, it's really uh, such a struggle. But everybody has, has the same things. And how would I know this? Because I hear about it all the time. I'm actually in a, in a fairly very privileged position, a very distinct honor to hear, you know, a lot of the things that you struggle with. So I, I actually kind of have a pulse on what everybody's struggling with from little ones to more vintage people here. <laughs> and, that, and that's great. That's, it's really neat. It's, 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 a, it's a neat aspect of the priesthood. But what I can tell you is everybody's dealing with the same stuff. And it doesn't really change. I mean, it changes, but it's the same stuff. And so when, when we become aware, we then have to make manifest what the awareness should bring about, which is, you know, growth, essentially. Growth in virtue, right? Growth in, in a change in the way that we do engage the world. It, I assert to you that it is not enough to merely say, yes, I'm aware that I'm that way, and that's just how it is. That's not good enough if we're talking about vice, if we're talking about a lack of virtue. But it is the first step. And so we have to be courageous to give ourselves over to making those changes. Okay, so that's the human level. Now let's do the spiritual level. Same kind of deal. We become aware of who God is, right? We come to faith. I believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. I believe that, that he has redeemed the human race. That's who I believe Jesus is. Good. We've become aware. Manifestatione. How are we making that reality present? Why does it matter? So knowledge always should lead to some sort of implementation. 
It's not enough just to know things. We all know that, right? That, that uh, the tension between theory and knowledge. You can know a whole lot about something, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't change your life. Well, the same thing about spirituality. You can say that, yeah, Jesus is Lord. I believe in Jesus. I'm a Catholic. But how does it manifest in your life, our lives? How does it manifest in my life that Jesus is my Savior? And that spiritually, and again, we don't want to bifurcate the human and the spiritual. We are a, a united whole, but it's helpful to, to kind of do so at times, as, as I'm doing today. I think it's helpful. You'll tell me after Mass if it was. But, um, but to look at our spiritual lives and say, okay, how am I integrating what I believe with how I live If Jesus is the most important thing, is there any evidence in my life that I actually believe it? Or is it just talk? And I don't mean that to be harsh, right? Because life is a struggle. It's not just linear. It's not just like, I believe it, and then I do the right thing all the time. It's, you know, peaks and valleys. It's just how it is, and it's okay. But the goal is to continue to move forward. All right, to, to move forward with saying, okay, I want to be an integrated person, a person of integrity. And so therefore, there are elements of my life that I lack. I've become aware of what that is on the human level and on the spiritual level. How am I moving forward? And how, I'm invite, how am I inviting Jesus deeper and deeper and deeper in? And so one of the things I encourage you to do, I encourage the little kids, we had children's mass, to do this very thing. And Every, you know, every time I'm preaching to the little kids, I'm preaching to the, the uh, seniors as well, right? Because it's all the same stuff. But as you go throughout the week, invite Jesus in. Just invite him into everything. Start to, you know, text God, basically. We should, we should have that. We should have, like, God's phone number. Just text him, you know. God has an Instagram account. But um, it's that kind of idea that, just like we would check in with somebody and say, hey, this is what's happening, do it with Jesus too. I just had this horrible experience at school. Tell Jesus. Jesus, I had this horrible experience. You're with me. He's with you. Jesus, I just had this great experience. I, w- I want to tell you, but he's with you. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with uh, a test that's coming up. I'm struggling with this relationship. I'm struggling at work. I'm struggling with the kids or the husband or the wife. Invite Jesus in always. This is the goal, is to create this integration between the human and the spiritual so that there's no division between the two. That it's not Jesus on Sunday and then everything else Monday through Saturday, but that it's Jesus throughout all of it, filtering through all of it and upholding all of the the entirety of our lives. So that's my encouragement for you this week. Really try to be active about inviting Jesus in. Short, quick, like I said, that's why I say text God, right? It's that kind of thing. It's just a short, quick, Jesus, this is really difficult for me. I invite you in. Help me. We're usually good at the helping. It's sometimes hard to invite him into the celebrating. But if, if you had a great day, if you had something wonderful happen to you, also, in a spirit of gratitude, invite Jesus into that as well. Please stand.